All right, everyone. How are you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have. Uh, hi, everyone. I am Matteo Mini, a player and captain for Shamrock Ravenna in Italy, and also player and captain for the mixed squad recently, at least for the Italian uh, national team. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I do within a dodgeball court. If you have like <laughs> a few hours to spare, we can talk about all the outside of the court dodgeball related tasks for clubs in uh, Italy, Europe, but. <laughs> oh, wow. It. Okay. Um, I didn't know you had your hands in that many cookie jars. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> let's get some preliminaries out of the way. Uh, what's your jersey number and what's the story behind it? Uh, my jersey number is five. It doesn't really have a, a particular story behind it. It's uh, just that when I was uh, growing up, when I was a kid, like probably 90% of uh, Italian kids, at least at the time, I played uh, some football or soccer, as somebody mm. call it over there. And, uh, you know, when you play... Uh, football on an, an amateur level or as a kid, uh, you don't get to pick your own number. Uh, <laughs> the, the starting 11 needs to be number 1 to 11. Uh, so you don't have your own for the whole season because if, if another person starts, uh, instead of you, they will get a number 1 to 11. So you usually get the number based on uh, your position on the, on the field, on the pitch. And I used to play as a center back. So those are usually number five or six. Mm. And I got five and it stuck with me the whole time. So when I started dodgeball, it seemed like the, the obvious choice. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I thought you guys called it uh, calcio. Yeah, we call it calcio. But I mean, <laughs> it, it, to, to, many, to many levels. I mean, football for... English speakers, but in Europe, and soccer for English speakers <laughs> outside outside of it. Okay, all right. I, I'm like, I, I know a thing or two, Matteo. Don't... Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, I know a thing. I know, or two. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, number five is traditionally a center back number. Um, so, it tells me you you pretty much are like the the vocal the the voice of the team. You are the keeper, so that explains a lot. Um, when did you start playing dodgeball? What was your first experience like? Um, I started when I was uh, 20. And probably my story is a bit different from other people you've had on your podcast. Because usually people say, I, know, I don't know, uh, I joined uh, this club. I did my first session with, the, with this club. Uh, my friend told me to start while actually... What we did here is we started out with friends randomly. So there was no dodgeball scene at the time, or there was like a, a local tournament happening. Mm. Uh, so basically, I, my dodgeball experience did not start with me going to a well-established club and training with them, but was rather starting to play with a few friends and then with them starting our own club shamrock and so probably my first actual dodgeball session happened a couple of years after i had actually started playing dodgeball because it mm. was just for fun at the beginning and then we kind of made it up 
uh, on our own as as it, the sport progressed. It was 2009 when I when we all started. So oh wow, yeah. Um, and what was your first impression? It was just like you just had a good time with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, it just it just happened that. Um, can't really recall why, but I was the one going to my group of friends saying, why don't we start playing dodgeball? Because probably I was, I don't know, watching the movie. I know in the US, <laughs> you, you, are, you are not big fans of it because it's a whole <laughs> other thing compared to the actual sport. But you got to realize that in Europe, outside of, of the UK, at least, dodgeball had, didn't really exist before. So if we are playing it, it's probably because somebody in a, in a country watched the movie and started something. So we, we kind of owe something to, to the movie. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, I just went to the pub with my friends and said, uh, I looked up online and randomly enough in Italy, dodgeball at the time, uh, did really um, only exist in our hometown because it was just being freshly imported from the UK by some guy um, in a sports association here in Ravenna in our city. Mm -hmm. So if it had happened like uh, in a city hundreds of kilometers away from us, it, it probably would have never gone to anything further, but we were lucky enough to live in the only place in Italy where a small tournament was already happening. A few people were already playing. So we, we formed a team and we went there, played played some tournaments for fun. And then it all got pretty serious in between. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely uh, grows that way. But um, there's something I want to I tackle. Um, it's not so much that we don't like the movie. It's just... Okay. And I guess, I mean, I'm sure you hear this a lot, too. When you tell people you play dodgeball, we, you get the, do you, can you dodge a wrench line a lot? <laughs> if anything, that's the only thing that annoys us. It's not so much um, we don't like the movie because, yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of cheesy. But, you know, having to answer, can I dodge a wrench, that's, you know, for the 10,000th time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't really go <laughs> over so well. <laughs> We've all been asked that uh, a couple of hundred <laughs> times. <laughs> I, I, I assume that that is true for anybody playing dodgeball anywhere in the world. Oh, for sure. Um, so I know you said you started playing more or less for fun and then it got serious um, as you guys developed. Um, and you say your club is, was it Ravenna, Sham uh, Shamrock Ravenna? Yeah, Shamrock Ravenna. Did you help start that club or did you join that club at some point after? Uh, no, I, we can say I helped start it. I mean, uh, we started as a group of friends. We were like six of us. Uh, and then um, after the first year playing just for fun, um, it was actually two of the people uh, playing with me, uh, Lorenzo and Raffaele. Lorenzo is still the president of the club. He's uh, still playing. He's been multiple times in the national team as well. And uh, Raffaele instead uh, just played for a bit. So, and they started uh, an actual club because uh, at the moment they, they felt like it was a, 
something that could be uh, useful. So, and they wanted to start like uh, teaching courses to kids and everything. They had uh, some time with them. I was at the university back then, so I really didn't have much time. All the others, one, other ones who were playing. So the club itself was started by those two, but basically we were all in there from the beginning. So when we first started uh, doing lessons or or stuff like that, I, I was still involved in, I was already involved in a way. And then as time passed by and people that were there uh, left and everything, uh, it was at the moment, it's still, it's only me and Lorenzo who are still there from the very beginning. So doing doing our best to make Shamrock progress uh, from uh, from back then to, to now and to the future. Nice. So kind of give me an idea, were other clubs developing at the same time or did you help them set up <clears throat> in, at the same time or at some point? Um, there, there were, because uh, it, it was all starting at the moment. Uh, in, it, it, that was the exact moment where it all started mm. in, in Ravenna and and moments later in, in Italy. So uh, probably when we started, there were uh, two or three more experienced. And I mean, more experienced just meant they played for uh, one year before, because before uh, early than that, nothing, nothing existed. So, but they were already starting their process as well of becoming clubs. But we, so we, we joined this progress, and and others followed. Then, obviously, when you are there from the beginning and still doing it, it's it gets easier also to help others in, in their process of doing the same thing. So we we've basically witnessed the whole. Uh, uh, development of dodgeball in Italy. So now, since uh, the last time I spoke, um, I spoke with uh, Cristiano Prifti um, two years ago. Wow, time has flown. Um, <laughs> and he tells me a lot of the clubs are centralized in the north. Has that changed as far as adding teams, you know, in the middle of Italy and the south of Italy, or is it still a majority hub in the north? Um, <clears throat> I guess we can still say that the, the, the vast majority is in the northern part. But um, the, the thing with, with dodgeball in Italy is that, um, as I said, there's not really a, a tradition of the sport. It's not like something that, at least in the past, that, I don't know, kids do at school or they have clubs doing it. So uh, it's not something common uh, at all. Uh, anytime somebody sees it, it, it's something new for them. So it just happens that randomly new clubs uh, appear just out of people driven to to do this new sport in uh, the, the the randomest places. So uh, there's not really a, uh, an area around where it all grows rather than others. It can happen that uh, a club uh, gets founded uh, in a region and then another one uh, with uh, no other connection starts uh, in a whole other region and then so what we have to do uh, with the Italian association and the Italian movement is just try to gather them all and help them in the process of growing making them stay in the long run and just put everyone together try to uh, make them play also one against the other in, in the Italian championship or in, in other events. 
So it, mm. it, it's not easy. That, that That's one thing for sure. But you would say it's gotten – at least the ball is rolling more quickly than, say, two years ago? Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes, because um, the, the, the sport, I mean, is still pretty much um, – unknown at the most but it it's getting some uh some some growth some development so like more people get to know it uh, more people have the at least the chance to see it somehow rather than social media or events so more people at least know that dodgeball is a thing and so uh, therefore the the aftermath is more people might want to to start it and Luckily enough, uh, <clears throat> within the association, we're still working on so that uh, if a new club has to start, it, it, it's obviously easier now than it was before and it will be easier in the future than it is now because at least they get some support from uh, experienced people and who, who have done it for the, for the recent years. So it, it's useful for them. For sure. Um, so we've already talked about your club development, the growth of the sport there. Um, when was your first Euros and how was that experience like taking what you fell in love with in Italy and realizing there's a broader spectrum in in the world or rather Europe at the time? Mm -hmm. uh, so my first experience with Euros was only, I mean, I say only compared to when I started <laughs> In uh, 20, <laughs> 2014 in Vienna was my first one. Nice. Um, other people that I've played my, my whole life with, or at least I was playing when we all began, uh, were there from the, the very beginning. So the first year was in uh, 2010, I think it was in London. Probably not even called the Euros officially, but not I know people enough. that, yeah, I, I know people that were there and I was already playing at the time, but. At first, I was just doing it, I mean, for fun and the idea of uh, traveling for it, spending money while you are just a broken college student. <laughs> <laughs> Did not have that much appeal, you know what I mean? But yeah. um, after a few years, uh, more people that I've known uh, have played it and kept telling me how fun it was, how the, the whole spirit was uh, fantastic, meeting people, playing with people you've never seen before, meeting people from all around. And so in 2014, yeah, somebody convinced me to try out and uh, and I, I made the squad. So Vienna was my first one. It was it was really great. I think uh, if I if I look back at it now, I didn't probably fully lived it. I was a bit a bit <laughs> anxious. I still f I felt a bit outside of it. I mean, uh, just n the newcomer, uh, while m many other people already knew each other and or at least had some experience. So I was just a bit scared, a bit frightened of, about everything, not just playing, but also the whole experience. But then mm -hmm. as, as days passed by or just even hours, it all became better and better. You start p talking to people, you watch the games, you get into it. So it was... It was really great at the end. It was a memorable experience. <laughs> Broke college student. Um, I felt that personally. <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> you know what I mean, Sergio? 
Yeah, I know what you mean too damn well. Uh, <laughs> so um, other than being nervous and not knowing exactly what you got into, safe to assume you would come back to every Euros you could. There was something about that experience that made you want to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after that, it was it was never an option not to go. I mean, I skipped uh, the 2015, well, 20, yeah, 2015 one actually. In Belfast, I was not uh, called with the team, but uh, I was there for a tryout. So, I mean, after I, I played in one, there's never been a moment when I said, no, maybe I won't do this one. It's always been like, like yeah, yeah, let's try and make it and be back on the team. So even after... I did not make the team in 2015. I still said, well, there's always going to be next year. And then yeah, from 2016 on, I've played, well, all all Euros that have been played in between and pretty much all the events uh, with the Italian team, except for uh, a couple Belfast. of CEC. Yeah, except for Belfast. And then I missed CEC 2020. And I missed CEC 2018 because I was injured, but I was there and I, I refereed. So I did not CEC? miss it, actually. CEC is um, Central European Championship. Is oh. uh, I think you're familiar with, with NEC or yes. Home Nation. Yeah, we, we started doing the same thing with the central or southern most parts uh, of, of Europe in 2017. And we oh, did wow. it every year on. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. What yeah, nations yeah. compete in that, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, no worries. I, uh, you, you can ask anything, Sergio. I can <laughs> speak for about dodgeball for four to six hours with, with no problem. So <laughs> feel free for to. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, there, there's Italy, there's Austria, the Czech Republic, Switzerland. Um, we have... Um, <laughs> who am I missing? Uh, Slovenia used to be there, uh, Germany used to be there, um, and then over the years um, <clears throat> uh, we've had like some years where we also brought in teams that, uh, based on the geographic split of NEC and CEC, uh, sh shouldn't be included, but for example in 2019, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the Czech Republic, we had France and we had Sweden that play NEC, but that year probably that wasn't happening. So mm. they they just wanted to join. And the same thing has happened with the Netherlands. And so there are, yeah, it's usually uh, a two days competition with pretty much 10 to 12 teams. And oh, nice. it's... Yeah, the 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 nice touch for for CEC, what we wanted to to do with with this sort of competition when we launched it and when we developed it with the European Dodgeball Federation, is also to give the chance to less experienced player to be part of the international dodgeball community as well. So uh, teams can also bring uh, bring in a, a second squad like for example you can have italy first and italy seconds oh, austria nice. does it all the time and other other teams do it when when they have the option so uh, you can like 
bring in the the the, the A squad to try and, <laughs> and and get those wins, but also a development squad to get to see team. how how yeah exactly. That's nice. I actually never heard of the the CEC. I kept hearing like I kept hearing you say it. I'm like, does <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like, I kept, no, because I kept thinking to myself like I know the NEC. The CEC, <laughs> I don't think it's ever been mentioned. And I've recorded almost 100 episodes, so I'm yeah, I, I basically I assume you knew everything there that, that <laughs> you know about that. So I, I just went, I just went with it. I mean, yeah, that, that's fair. Is, uh, gonna know <laughs> that, but I mean, I know a lot compared to my American counterparts. I, I'll never, <laughs> I will never say on record that I know everything. I just okay. there's still things okay, I'm not okay. sure, um, but I will say I'm, I'm probably well versed in. UK and European culture, as far as dodgeball is concerned, that I will that I will say. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Euros a bit more. Um, how did it feel having that uh, that Euros in your home turf? Was it 2018, right? In Ligano Sabiodoro. 2018, yeah. In Lignano Sabiodoro. So I'll say for the uh, public that it's pronounced Lignano and not Lignano, as usual it's being called. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's not a problem it, it, all the time people have to co- correctly pronounce uh, CD names so uh, for sure um, yeah yeah Lignano yeah it was uh, it was honestly the best experience ever um, I was uh, lucky enough uh, and also how can I say bur- burdened enough burdened? To, to be part part of the of the um, of the organization of the event, um, I did I did m- many things for for uh, yours in Italy, uh, keeping communication with with everyone and from <clears throat> finding the place, uh, going there, setting everything up, uh, working on streams, on scheduling. We did a we did a pretty pretty good job, I think I could say with with everyone at the. At the IEDB, the Italian Dodgeball Association, I just yeah. want to shout out, shout out to them because usually, uh, you know, uh, in Italy, there aren't many people that can speak some English. That that is a fact. So uh, me being one of those who can at least try it, um, I'm the one who speaks with everyone. So when everyone needs something, they just go go ask Matteo. So that's why I, I, that's why I had I had to deal with uh, with many people and especially at yours I think uh, everybody knew me back then because I was talking to everyone and and so and so they um, many many times people came to me saying thank you and appreciating but uh, as I said and I will keep saying you you know me because I'm the one who does the talking but there are. Uh, many other people doing the same job, so uh, I just want to shout out the whole the whole association. For and sure. yeah, it was it was uh, a really lovely event. Uh, I I might be a little biased, but I can say it was the the best yours I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, well, from I what mean, I hear, the the gym was right by a beach, and you guys had a yeah, beach party. Yeah. Uh, we we had we had plenty of beach parties. <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, yeah, uh, the, the the great part of it. I mean, um, I, I I was joking before, but I've heard many people uh, saying great things about about the event. So I'm I'm really honored to to having contributed to it. the The main thing is that we <clears throat> we found a um, this perfect location so that we can play at the venue, and then we all lived at the same. Uh, in the same location, basically. So, it it just take uh, it just took two minutes to walk from your your hotel to to the venue, and then there was a beach right after, and uh, we all lived there, ate there uh, at nights. We we were at the bar together, all nations. So it's not uh, uh, like usually happens that most people can stay at the same place, but not everybody or that you can stay in a hotel or in a place with uh, other teams, but it's far away from the venue. It was like the, it was like uh, an Olympic village vibe. If you, if you <laughs> get what I mean. Yeah. We no. were all there. I mean, it was all within, within the same, the same location. So that, that's what I think was really um, pushing the, 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 the likability of the event. Yeah, um, that everything was in within an eye shot of what you, whatever you needed. The beach was right there. The gym was right there. Your hotel was right there. Maybe a few restaurants and vendors are right there. Like, and definitely on stream, it definitely was beautiful. I will say it came across really well. Um, but I'm sure on stream it didn't capture the full picture. So, what would you say the other than what you know the Olympic Village vibe? What would you say the Italian signature was on that event? Um, <laughs> nice question. Um, <laughs> you, you know your job, Sergi. You know you know your job. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think probably we can say something uh, about Italian hospitality, if you allow me that. Um, sure. I mean, because prob. I mean, no. I mean, if you allow me the the term, because. Probably the, the great part of it was, as I said, the fact that we were all there, so everybody was uh, happy to to help, happy to um, interact with others, and so it was felt felt like a, a giant party the the whole time, not just in, in some bits and not just with some people. We were all there, and so we tried to make it uh, like like uh, being being in a big dodgeball family you know like stereotypes of italian players or no i mean italian people you know the family the 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 traditional values being all together eating all together and that's probably translated also to what we mm. wanted to do with the event i mean that that's probably why we were so keen on doing something uh like this so probably yeah. everybody I, I don't know if that's true, but probably everybody felt a bit like in, in a big family, like being home in a certain way within Dodgeball. So probably I would say that this might be a factor to it, the, the Italian signature. Yeah. Um, I would say anyone I've spoke to that went there, whether it was on, on camera or off camera, they raved about it. They loved it. They loved the atmosphere. Um, they somebody I can't remember who, but somebody off camera did mention that it had an Olympic Village vibe, 
And for the life of me, I'm probably not going to remember who it is, but I'll remember it after we're done. <laughs> but I've heard a lot of great things about it. So you definitely, uh, we'll say mission accomplished for that. Well, I, I'll always be grateful whenever somebody says that. It's it's really an experience I I, I remember with, with a lot of joy and happiness. So I'm always, always so happy whenever everyone tells me the 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 smallest thing about it. So thank you to everyone. <laughs> so other than uh, football, what other sports did you play growing up? Mm, not much, actually. Um, when I was in elementary school, I did some basketball and some swimming, but not not really. Um, I, I didn't really go through with it. It was just like something to do in the spare time. I, mm. I liked basketball, but it was, we were also so young. We didn't really do much. I, I liked being there with my friends, but actually I, I think I, in two or three years of basketball, I just played one game. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really the, the sporting thing that, that, that kept me there. And then I started <clears throat> playing football uh, probably last year of elementary school and, and um, stick with it until I was, uh, I was in, in high school. So it's pretty much just football. Nice. Um, so I, I got to ask this because I watch a lot of Serie A games. Uh, what team do you go for? Who's your <laughs> player? I'm a, I'm a big uh, AC Milan fan. And who's your favorite player? Uh, playing right now? Or all time. We'll say all time. Oh, all time. Um, uh, I got to say, I can't really decide between uh, Paolo Maldini, the big captain. And yeah. uh, and Alessandro Nesta, um, <laughs> I always liked them. And as I said, I played center back, so I always looked up to them as also uh, on court role models. But they were, I think, they were great humans, other than just players. Yeah, they, they had a they had a class. They they had a, a poise. Like it was like they could do anything without even sweating yeah, they they were perfect these are my my two my two go to names i would say i mean you're you're not wrong um those are <laughs> some solid, solid players in the backfield uh for sure uh, i would personally i would have gone with um perlo and uh tati cuz they both have that similar like they exude class but they also make everything they do uh effortless yeah 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 you, you can say that too <laughs> I, just want, well. I, I was like, I have an Italian on. I got to ask this question. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You, you, so, you're, uh, you're, you're talking to an Italian, so you got to mention the the, <laughs> the, the the football team they support at some point. <laughs> or it, oh, it's going to come it, up eventually. <laughs> it it, it would have come up eventually. I don't remember exactly. if I did that last time. <laughs> but I definitely want to keep that as a point going forward. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who would you say your um, role models are, uh, role models were growing up, and who would you say you respect in dodgeball? Um, okay, okay. I mean, role models growing up, um, I kind of thought about that because I'm a, I'm a dodgeball podcast fan, so uh, I've heard <laughs> that question being asked around. 
And yeah. I, I really cannot come up with a, with an answer. I, I cannot recall of somebody that I, I really looked up to, other than really going back to something basic like being football fans and admiring. Yeah, those it can people. be. As I, as I mentioned, of course, you gotta you gotta go to to those guys. Uh, like I said, Paolo Maldini, or um, you know those names that uh, are most likely connected with with their their own team for for their whole career, uh, like uh, also um, uh, Carlos Puyol from from Barcelona. Those yeah. players that that are are uh, regardless of how they play on court, which mind me was unbelievably good, but they yeah. they got to. A respect that that cross the board overall, so even opponents can get can show respect to somebody that they should uh, hate in a way, but yeah. they are so well known and they behave so good that uh, everybody has c- cannot have any bad things to say about them. So that that's probably it, you know, getting role model in uh, aspiring to get to to that point of of being somebody um that everyone kind of like or at least respect that's something (laughs) probably the closest thing to to our own model i could i could think of and who in the sport would you consider someone of a role model or someone you respect in dodgeball yes uh well i respect pretty much everyone um I, i i love everyone in the community so but um, it's difficult in a way uh, to answer that question as well, because, you know, being there from kind of the beginning, uh, I didn't really enter the thing uh, when it was all set up. So you get to yours now and you know, uh, even if you've never been played, you know, some players, you know what I mean, that are yeah. there for, have been there for a long time. So you just go there for the first time and you look at them and you admire them and say, oh, here, that's the guy uh, I've heard so much about. While starting from it, uh, we all like had to discover it on our own going along. So when I when I played for the first Euros, there was, I, I didn't know anyone. Uh, I, I didn't, I haven't heard like story about this one or that one, but mm. <clears throat> for sure I have a couple of names that of players that I've uh, even before I've I've started to know them uh, I I admired when I watched them on court. Uh, I gotta shout out uh, Alex Harrison, of course, from England. Yeah, and another one would be Ben McAdam from Sweden. Um, th- those kind of players, like you know, from for, for how I am. Uh, for the player I am or I, w- I want to be. It's not really just about your dodgeball abilities. I, I wouldn't really look up to anyone for how they play. I mean, I can say that lots of people are great players and I, yeah. uh, I, I admire them for it. But if I'm saying respect, it's got, it, it has to be with how they behave, how they interact, uh, how they can stay calm in any situation and um, figure out every time what is best to do uh, guiding your own players as well because i mean i've been captaining my squad and also italy for a long time so that's also a key factor for it i i'm 
100% sure that I'm not the best player, but what I want to bring to the team is something different. So I also look up to other players for their quality in, in the same in the same matter. Uh, so like fair play is a huge thing, and Ben, ben McAdam is someone. Uh, as I said, I've always looked up uh, for it. But there's there's gotta be um, so many names, and it's kind of hard to mention somebody because uh, obviously I, I would forget others. Yeah. Uh, Dave Prestige is someone that I've always <laughs> respected so much because uh, since we started being friends, I would say we yeah. we, we started talking in 2016, and anytime. Uh, he was so eager to to talk about dodgeball, to share things, and so even if you just uh, ran into him uh, along the court and you just said, "Who are you going? Who are you going to play next?" He, he would always find the time to take two or three minutes and talk about how you can play against those opponents, and you, you, you got to show some respect for it. And I don't know many others. <laughs> Anna Maria Pollani, uh, Tamara Hofer, of course. Uh, uh, I, I really, I'm scared of going along with the list because the more, the more <laughs> I say, the more, the more I forget. So no, I, I hear you. I hear you. it's a tough thing to um, to navigate. Uh, you definitely listed a lot of um, great names, solid people. Um, I love talking to Dave, uh, Dave Pressage. Uh, ben, I would like to get in contact with at some point. Um, Alex Harrison, definitely. Uh, I got to meet Alex um, a couple months ago, so he's a really solid dude. And yeah. um, Tamara, I mean, you can't find anything wrong to say about her. She's solid. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the, the best one around. For sure. Um, yeah, if you were to look up, like, role models in Europe, she's definitely one of the people you, you'd have to name. Um, but let's talk about who would you say is your rival on court, whether as a team, as a country, who's that one player or team that you love to play against? Uh, okay. That's better. Cause lo- love playing against, uh, okay. Rivals. I, I, w- I, w- I, don't, I wouldn't say I have rivals. It's, it's not something that I want to have, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I in a classic do. sense. In yeah, class- I know. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Serge. Um, well, uh, Probably, um, if I'm if I'm thinking about a squad, I don't know if I can think about individuals. I'll, I'll think about it along as I as I speak about squads. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, probably as a team, I say we have something that it still c- can still be resolved with with Scotland. We have lost many games against them by an inch so it would be really good to to get to a point where it, it's us that gets ahead of an inch and not, and not behind we we have some some history with with them for example for sure it's um, usually when talking to italian players who have been uh, playing for the national team you you always when when some question like this being uh, gets asked you always get back to some game against Scotland because we had, for example, in uh, in 2018, uh, we played the mixed semi-final against Scotland. And I think we lost by just one set. It was so close. And we 
but we were all really happy to to get to that point uh, anyways to to play in a semi-final and to prove that we could play at, at that level against them but again the following year in uh, in Newcastle we lost against Scotland both in the men's and in the mixed in the quarterfinals by uh, I I'm not sure a hundred a hundred percent sure but I think by one set or two at most in both games so probably we all would like to have the chance to to play against them once more and and, and see what we can do now we, we we didn't get the chance this year so it will happen and other than that probably teams will with whom we we've played uh, many times against uh, and playing tight games as well. So Sweden would be one, uh, although I would never say anyone from Sweden is my rival. They are the yeah. greatest opponents ever. And <laughs> we've played uh, ma- many ga- many close games against them as well, as well as with uh, Wales and as well as with uh, the Czech Republic. I think those can be the, the ones that that fit more to your question. Nice. Um, yeah, that's sad. I mean, that, the unfortunate part of Euros is that you don't get to play against everybody. You just get thrown in random pools. Um, but yeah, I would like to, I would like to see that battle again, if anything, because between you and uh, Scotland, you guys have like a lot of like solid players with solid beards. So it's about all the beards. <laughs> 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 And I would imagine the after party with you two is something of uh, epic con- uh, concoction <laughs> between the Italian red wine that flows and the the Scottish uh, scotch that happens. I mean, uh, that's gotta be fun. We we actually this year we've never played against each other. Probably probably the women have. I'm I'm not sure about that. Not the men's or the mixed. But we stayed in the same hotel. We were the the only one staying there in Drachten in that hotel, us, Scotland and Ireland. So mm-hmm. we, we spent a lot of time off court with, with the Scottish, especially after the after party. So after we, the after party, I mean, after the, the final party, we, oh, okay. we, we all, we all had to get back because <laughs> most, most of people were staying in Groningen. So, and they had shuttle bus to get back there. So they had to leave at a certain point. I, I'm sure that they had some kind of after party there as well. Because I mean, Welsh, Austrians, Swiss, and Northern Irish. I mean, they they kept their party going. But when we got, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean. But when yeah. we got back to to our hotel as well, we, it was us and 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 some scots we we kept we kept on with the with the drinking and the chatters and the laughters like for a, a really long time it was it was really good <laughs> never a dull moment with them for sure i could say that uh-huh. personally uh so let's let's talk about uh what's your do you have a pre-game ritual uh, that you like to follow before a tournament or before a matchup um <clears throat> uh, i mean not really in if if you Mm, if we're talking in terms of like superstition, like you know, uh, somebody who wears the same uh, socks all the time, 
or that like uh, spins uh, twice when they enter the court like I, that's not something that that i do uh, mm. those kind of things Th- that obviously uh, unless the the thing but that's a general rule of life and i hope everybody knows that that you always have to tie your left shoelaces first and then the right ones i i think i think that it's a it, it has what? to be a low so. <laughs> yeah yeah no no you you don't know i that. mean, uh, I mean... That, 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 that's some that's something that now you know you you didn't know about cc and you didn't know about this one so now you learn. fair enough <laughs> no i'm kidding it's just that it's something silly that i do and no idea why but i do it all the time so but and but that's not just dodgeball related like also in, in normal life yeah so <laughs> so it's kind of a ritual for for everything not just for dodgeball <laughs> uh, <laughs> but other than that no nothing nothing really uh, i just try to to warm up properly and be be, be ready for the match uh maybe maybe uh one thing yeah uh, that's that's probably that's probably gonna fit uh, i just i just thought about that uh like before a game <clears throat> if uh if i'm uh, throwing balls with a teammate you know uh one with the other mm. i always like to when the ref calls uh to to put the balls in place or i i want to stop throwing i always would prefer stopping uh ending things with a catch so if i if i'm throwing with you you know we're just throwing some balls and yeah. you throw at me and i drop it i would even if i decided that i have to go or the ref is saying we gotta start but if i drop the ball i would probably get back to you and and hope that you throw once more and then i catch it so i i i'd, I'd be i'd be happier <laughs> So okay. I can say, okay, okay, I, I made the catch. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Better than I got hit. <laughs> okay, the reason I'm laughing is because I never realized this until fairly recently. A friend of mine pointed pointed this out to me. It's almost like, like okay, let's say you don't play basketball, but the number one rule in basketball in the park is you don't leave until you make your final shot. The last shot okay, has to go I'm- in before you leave. I get um, it. I get it. So with that, my teammate, my friend, also brought this to my attention. I'm the very same way you are, in that I have to end it on a catch. <laughs> like I don't want to oh, like. Nice one. I'm like I don't want to like get hit and go to the court and you know have that vibe with me kind of thing. Like I'm not a superstitious exactly. person, but like you, if 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 we warm up. And, you know, the, the ref is calling, you know, players on court A or whatever, you know, get ready or something. I got to get that catch before yeah, I get to the court. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just funny how you brought that up and how I had that conversation <laughs> two weeks ago. Because um, that's definitely epic. <laughs> epic yeah. timing, I would say. Um, do you have any <laughs> pregame music you like to listen to? Any pregame songs? Um. <clears throat> In a way, I mean, I'm. Uh, I don't like listening to music when I warm up. Uh, okay. I I know that many players do, and it helps them being more focused and or uh, being hyped up uh, mm-hmm. or something like this. I would actually rather the opposite. I want to be focused on what's happening around me. I feel that if I uh, if I listen to my music in my in my ear, 
in my earpods uh airpods sorry uh yeah, i would just sense. be isolated from the rest uh and actually i, I want to feel everything i want to make sure that i get that i'm on court that i'm around people that i'm going to play dodgeball so uh, i i would much rather warm up without music okay. but if i get the chance and this means it, it um it only happens with the international duties because uh, when we're playing domestically, uh, most likely before a game I have to play, uh, I'm on another court refing or I'm doing some social media stuff for Italy or, or for Shamrock, or uh, I'm doing something to help with the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm never really free. I don't have that much time to do other things than the things I have to do. And luckily, I, at, at least I, I, I stopped coaching the women's squad. Uh, that's something that at least I was able to <laughs> not do anymore. Uh, so yeah. I'm always busy somehow. But if I have the time when I play for Italy, I'd like to, before, like the very beginning of a warm-up, just, just stretching, I take like a five minutes for me and put on my music and I listen to two songs that are not uh, um, songs that that like hype you up. They are re- actually really calm songs, but okay. uh, they are songs that remind me of happy times. Like uh, there are a couple of songs that uh, connect me and my girlfriend. So um, it's something that like uh, helps me to be in a happy, calm place. So it, I want I'd like to do it at the very beginning, so I can be at peace. And then I would start doing the, the actual thing. But so, but before I know that I'm in my own place, happy. Know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. What songs were they? Um, it It's not really important. <laughs> they, it's, <laughs> oh, it, fair it, enough. Fair enough. It, no, it, no, I mean, it, it, um, those are two songs for from Italian bands, and they're okay. not really that, that famous or that... Uh, uh, um, useful well, no. for sport for purposes. Uh, it's uh, one song from a band that's called Pinguini Tattici Nucleari and one band from a band called Eugenio Via di Gioia for anyone who would want to spend time looking for that. I, I don't know if anyone wants, probably not, but yeah, for sure. I mean, we want to know you, so if you want to post okay. the song <laughs> link when the episode airs, when you want to, if you want to post a song link links on the on the comments go for it we want to know who okay. you are you know what i mean okay. i'm not gonna tell you not to I, <laughs> okay i i will link the the bands not the songs so the songs are are, are my own so i Fair keep enough. it to my i keep for it to sure. myself we'll just keep that as a guessing game we'll figure it out <laughs> um, <laughs> all right so uh let's get into the crowdsource questions um the first one comes from nicholas bull What's your review of the France-Italy mixed game? Was it as fun to play as it was to watch? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was. It, it was definitely fun to to play. It was. It was a great game, and I know that um, that many people enjoyed it from the the stands or uh, or from home. And I'm I'm really happy about that. We had so many close games this year. Uh, not just Italy, but everyone. So it was uh, a really great show, and I, I know I get what people what people mean. Um, it was a, a really fun game to play. I, the the only probably regret in a way about that game is that it was the the very last game of the of Euros, 
So mm. I don't know about France, but we we got there uh, in not a great uh, physical and mental shape because <clears throat> especially the the girls playing in the mixed squad um, in general. The, the women's squad for Italy this year only had nine players and uh, like two of them were 17 years old playing for the first time. Another couple uh, were playing Euros for the first time. They just only played one CC and uh, another one had uh, broken fingers and mm. all, all within that six out of, the, of those nine had also had to play mixed. And literally every mixed game we've played uh, at Euros, um, the, the ladies just ended playing a women's game. And right after, had to play with us in the mixed. So it was really hard for them, for, especially, but for everyone in general. But really, when we got to the France game, the, the very last one, we, we it was all just a, a thing about, about heart and about will not about legs or arms. We, you just really had to push with your mind, push your teammates. And so the next time they would, have, they would push you and to, to try and, and make something. And I think, I don't know if, if, if this applies for France as well. Uh, for sure, it's been a hell of a game. They have developed so much and we were lucky to play a match that has been decided at the very last set uh, to to get uh, fifth place, which is a great accomplishment. So we are yeah. we were really really thrilled for uh, for that, especially from the way it all started out for the mixed squad. We were really not into it. We we started to from a point where we couldn't even be on court together. We we always messed up something. We would be one on on another's foot, uh, and to to think that we've come. Uh, so so far up, so to get to fifth place, we have just not played a semi-final because we drew a group game against Sweden, where we maybe if we if we won just one set more, we could have gone to the semi-final. And in the quarterfinals, this mixed squad uh, lost by just one set against Northern Ireland, and they ended up winning the the whole thing. So. I am. I'm really proud of being their captain for this whole event. We've we've improved so much in such a short time. Mm. So, really uh, happy to, to have played that game. <laughs> I will say that was a fun game to watch. By the way, I think it was like what? If I had to kind of give you an idea, it was what six thirty in the morning my time when I saw it. Okay. So, as you know, I stay up really late and get up really early to watch these. So um, it was around that time. I remember seeing it. it was pretty awesome. And the crowd was into it from start to finish, it seemed like. Um, Tom yeah, Bar- yeah, absolutely. Go for it, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Tom Bearscale, who is your most meaningful kit swap with and why? Um, okay, th- th- that's going to be a difficult one. Uh, Go for it. Because I have I – have, plenty of kits from other people and I just recently counted it because we were talking with Tamara and putting on a list of, of things we have and mm. just counting kits uh, so shirts not counting 
uh, sweater, hoodies, shorts, or yeah. whatever. I, I have 31 kits just wow. out of swaps, no purchases. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and usually, what I like to do with a swap is always do it with someone that I've either played against or that I'm really friends with, that I admire, that we have some sort of connection. And I don't just collect kits per se. Uh, so they all mean something to, to me. I'm, I'm happy to have uh, so many kits from people that, that, I, that, I, that I'm friends with, that I can call brothers or that I've uh, shared the happy times on court with. But if I have to choose uh, a few, and I, I don't mean to disrespect to all the many others that mm -hmm. I'm not mentioning that will probably listen to the podcast. Sorry, I love having your shirt as well. Uh, um, I thought about that, and probably one that I would say is uh, Ian Barrett from Scotland, uh, mm. because that's the pretty much the first swap uh, that I did. Uh, like the, that, me and the other guy were happy to to swap shirts because we uh, started. Uh, knowing each other and respecting each other and so it was euros 2016 in france and i had swapped one kit before in 2014 but just with somebody randomly because mm. uh, it was my first time i didn't know people so much i just grabbed a kit somehow and and ian was the, the first one that we we started out of nowhere talking uh, watching a game and it was like, uh, okay, well, at the end of the, of the tournament, I'd like to have yours. And it was like, I'd like to have yours as well. So th that's probably meaningful because it was the, the start of it in a way. And, and other than that, I, I would go back to, to uh, what I've said before about role models. So Alex Harrison and Ben McAdams are probably ones that mean much for what I've said. And mm -hmm. also because... Most of the ones that of the of the kits I have uh, are from uh, people, as I said, that are friends. Uh, so that I already knew, and we were all uh, willing to to trade one with the other. Okay, with Ben and with Alex, I actually um, didn't really get to get the chance to uh, talk to them much before. Uh, before the time we skipped, we sorry, we we swapped uh, kits. Mm. We became more acquainted later on, uh, but at the time we we haven't shared uh, that much probably. So it was like uh, mm. with Ben, I wish we swapped at uh, CC twenty nineteen. Um, we started talking for the first time so much about dodgeball it was really good and i was honored to to ask him to have uh, the jersey and he was happy to to have mine as well so that's that that's another nice memory and also alex uh, as well from 2018 in uh, in italy uh i after swapping so many things with others be, being already in in an agreement for it in a way i just like how do you say i i shoot my shot <laughs> and, and say, well, Alex, uh, would you like to to swap? And he was actually happy to. I had no idea that he even like knew who I was or something like this. And he was actually <laughs> happy, so it it made me happy. And and that was for them. It was uh, for, for him. It was probably the the 
the, the starting point of, of things uh, with us, while for others, swapping kits was just uh, uh, something that was obviously intended because we, we, we got so, so close that we wanted to, to have something for the other. So mm. it was just a, a different timeline, as, a, as, I, as a, if I can say this. For sure. Um, yeah, I kind of got the same vibe because when I met Alex and then again, I um, also met Scotty, Scotty Whitelaw. Uh, a couple oh, months I have ago. He, I, I have his one as well. <laughs> I was surprised that they knew me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was kind of a little starstruck at that end. So I, I know the feeling. Yeah. The, the, we talked about about this thing with Tamara uh, at, at yours this year. She was like, you know that everybody kind of knows you. And Max, it was like me, her, and, and Max called the not probably not even at the same time, but it was a conversation we, mm. we all had. It was like, you know that people know you. And the way I'm, I'm the way I'm built, I'm not the one uh, acknowledging this, you know. I'm yeah. I'm I'm always gonna fear that nobody knows who I am. Even people that I've in, in normal life that I've seen many times or that in places that I go all the time. So I'm not the one saying, Yeah, they'll know me. I'm just well. Who knows if they remember me and, and both Tamar and Max were were kind enough to to, to say well actually you, you got to realize at some point that it is not this so kudos to them <laughs> yeah I could say people definitely know you and people are happy to have you on uh, Anthony Aldred pick five other players from a, for a dream male and a dream mixed team the rule is you can't pick anyone from Italy and only one player per nation. Wow. He's breaking it down. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Aldred's going to have to at least buy me a beer for uh, getting, <laughs> getting on with his question. Uh, sure. Luckily enough, uh, I peeked at the questions a bit, so I had time to, to prepare <laughs> something. Because if I had to answer this one out of nowhere, we, we would be here a couple of hours probably. But, That'd be a long edit for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 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 I did pick, so I I have I have my notes. Go for <laughs> and it. And later on, I realized that I don't know what he meant. If he wanted to have just one from the same nation in the same squad, but actually, I did just one from the same nation within the two squads. So even even difficult, more difficult. So, <laughs> um. Okay, starting with, uh, let's say, mixed. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'll keep uh, fanboying. So I, I've done all the post- podcast uh, putting out those two names. So uh, my male uh, counterpart or my male teammates are going to be Ben McAdam and Alex Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, smart guys controlling the game and always knowing what to do. And then, so we got Sweden and England covered. Sorry for everyone that's mm-hmm. always going to be like a disclaimer for all the podcasts sorry to everyone i'm not mentioning i i really love you all and i yeah. respect all of you but so sorry to all the really good uh england players that i, I could not put because it's it just aldred's fault he made the rules <laughs> yeah blame aldred <laughs> yeah exactly yeah just go on and blame Aldred. and also sweden i mean so many so many times the players and people that i love oh i i Role models or, or people I respect in dodgeball. I did not say Pierre Corvelec. He is like my brother, and he's the greatest 
human being in dodgeball, probably. So mm-hmm. shout out to him now. For sure. Um, and also in, in the in the female side, uh, Sweden, so many nice names, Sara, Linnea. But uh, for the uh, for the women's, there's gotta be two names that that had to, has have to. Oh, sorry, my English is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it's getting worse as I'm going. <laughs> um, um, two names uh, have to be on that list. I, I cannot. I would not. Uh, make this squad without uh, Tamara Hofer representing Czech Republic and uh, without uh, your homegirl uh, Elisa Storch from Wales. <laughs> Gotta have them. Uh, love Elisa as well. A great human being. I'm so happy I got to know her. Uh, mm. So so two big cannons uh, on the female side and um, third one uh we're talking women, so should be someone, someone from Austria. You got so many there, uh, Anna, Lisa Lightfried, uh, so many. But I need to have an Austrian man in the men's. So the last female spot, I'm keeping on with the, uh, how can I say, with the energy, with the aggressiveness uh, alongside Elisa and Tamara. So we have um, Amanda King from Scotland. Hmm. Very solid player, great one. Uh, happy she got back this Euros. Uh, so yeah, that's gotta be the mixed one. Uh, okay. And then moving on, moving on to the men's. As I said, one spot has to be from Austria, and among so many players that are uh, excellent, um, obviously Stefan. Uh, I mean. Southern, my man, so many. But my 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 brother, my my actual brother, not actual, but you know what I mean. I Max Metz. <laughs> Max Metz is gotta be with me for as long as I will be playing. So mm-hmm. uh, it would be an honor. Uh, I love him so much. Probably the first the first international person I've met through dodgeball. So when we've been we've been close ever since. So Max Metz gets one spot. And then we can go to Northern Ireland because obviously you gotta have Northern Ireland. Obviously, and Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland is difficult because, as you were saying in the latest episode, uh, they're all a great machine. Like they're they're all like mainly equally good. You cannot just pick ones; they all work perfectly together. So, so many names. Uh, obviously, Adam Hill. Or Josh McIroy, solid players. Calvin Lee, what a player. Honor to have his jersey as well. But my favorite, my favorite player from Northern Ireland has always been uh, Sean Douglas. So gotta put him on. Mm. And then we can move to to the Netherlands because we gotta have we gotta have some 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 flair to the squad, some some sure. uh, some spice. So shout out to my man uh, Pim Visser, going to be selected in this awesome squad. <laughs> and then uh, uh, what do, who do we have? We can have uh, also to, to bring some flair and also to bring some uh, someone close to my heart as well is uh, Benjamin Favre from Switzerland or another guy that I've known from the very beginning and we we just we just love each other 
And then I just have one. Can you hear me? No, I, I can hear you. We cut off okay, a bit, sorry. but I can hear you. Okay, I, I, I had some feedback uh, within my my mic, but now, now it's so good. Uh, so, sorry. Um, I, I think I have just one spot left. One spot, yeah. Oof. Oof. Uh, so, I, I, I made a mistake here because I just realized I counted one more. So, in theory... Um, this spot, I, I gave it to, to David Prestage, co uh, counting him uh, as an Ireland player. Mm. If he ever wants to come back playing for, for Ireland, I'll be happy to have him on this squad. Mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, I just realized I had no one from France. So I'll put one uh, for when I'm tired, so <laughs> he, he can be <laughs> in the squad. <laughs> um, sure. got, gotta have French as well. So... Uh, uh, Mark Magginson is, is, is a player that I that I, I really respect in the game, so yeah, let's say his name as well in, in this mix, in this uh, squad. Men squad. Yeah. Nice. Um, Blaine Murphy, what is the journey between you and Giselli? Such a great bromance, and why Shamrock Ravenna? I don't think we talked about the branding of your team name, but what. What went into that day? Um, so, yeah, I'll start from this one. Uh, basically, uh, when we started, as I said, uh, it all started because I went to my friend and say and said, uh, let's, let's create a team for this event. And we were at a pub, at a local pub, an Irish pub. And <laughs> the, ho the whole thing, the whole thing started with our squad, not even before it was a club, it was called uh, McGowan, uh, I, uh, McGowan team, because uh, McGowan was the name of the of the pub that we always uh, always went to. Mm. Uh, so it all started with, with this team, because we were also at the time uh, all like fond of the Irish and Celtic culture, you know, all the, 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 whole, the whole thing. So it mm -hmm. was something that we liked. Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, and then it all moved for, uh, moved forward for, from there. So when it was time to create uh, an actual uh, sport club, the the guys that I mentioned earlier that started it had to come up with a name that could not be McGowan anymore. And so while trying to keep it all within the the uh, Celtic gimmick that we've constructed. Uh, Shamrock was chosen as the ultimate one, so that that's why we are Shamrock Ravenna. And, and what what was the uh, other question? Oh, the, the other question was uh, the history between you and uh, Giselli. Uh, it it it's a, a great history. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean we we're we're friends. We're we we really care for each other. We've uh, played. Uh, together for so many years now uh, in Italy and for Shamrock as well. I think uh, I think what, uh, the reason Blaine is asking these questions, the, this question is um, that we, we really seem close is also because um, we play, we've played for a long time and yeah. we've also been in the Italian squad for a long time. So we've always been there and people around us changed every time. So 
that that's why we also we are so connected probably we we've done it all and every time having to do with somebody else uh, uh, every time having to do with somebody that's younger so uh, at first we were just teammates and we started being captains so we had to also uh, bring in the the new players and um, um like uh, nourish them and make them be the the best player they and the best humans they can be so that that's that's probably why we we we've done it all together ever since so everything around us changed except from from us pretty much so that's probably yeah. it we 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 play some good cup bad cup when we have to deal with <laughs> with new players so yeah, we we get to this point where everything is. We don't really need to say much one with the other. We we just know things and we'll we'll do what what we think it's best for for everyone. For sure, and yeah, you guys are like the two longest standing Italian players that I can think of, off the top of the head. You guys are kind of like Michael Jordan, Pippen, Shaq, oh. Kobe. <laughs> Uh, Magic, Kareem, like you guys are just a major staple in the, in yeah, the blue shirt. E- easy with, with with those parallels. I mean, <laughs> you're you're throwing in <laughs> pretty big names. <laughs> but, hey, you deserve it. I yeah, stand by what I yeah, 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 you know, it's mini, it's mini and Giselli, just right under Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> just right under. Just right under. Um, James Robinstone, who I had on. If you could choose another nation to play for, who would you pick and why? And pick a men's and a mix if you like. Okay, so I guess um, what he's asking here is if if you can play for a men's mm-hmm. if you if you want to play with two separate nations, then that's fine. But he's saying yeah. if you can move to a different country, uh, which country yeah. would you move to to play for and why? Um Nice question, James. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think that um, well, obviously, someone would think about playing with with Austria or Northern Ireland. I would be honored to to play alongside those guys. But I think if I have to think of of teams that I could that I would fit in, that I would embrace uh, how they behave, how they act, uh, their whole spirit, and uh, the, the whole mood of the squads probably the the two closest ones I can think of are gonna be Sweden and Wales. Uh, mm. So I guess we can say I would love to play with the uh, Wales men's team. I think they are all great people. Uh, we played against each other so many times. Always a crazy amount of fair play and always fun games everyone is so nice and great level of, of dodgeball so that's gotta be this that's gotta be it and then i can play mixed with uh with uh sweden spectaculars because they they got fourth place this year so i gotta i gotta choose their their mix but nice and it, it, it would be a great honor actually little fun fact that i don't know if it's gonna be fun uh, uh, <laughs> we had uh, in our hotel this year uh, before the final night uh, Ireland uh, the, the Irish team 
um, hosted a quiz night. They do it all the time. And they oh. invited us because we, we were at the same hotel. And Meg Shine, who, who did, did everything, um, did this game when I was the uh, guest of honor, probably was the name. So she, has, she asked questions about me and I had to answer them. And every team had to answer them as well and see how many they could guess correctly. And mm. one question was similar to James' one. And everyone got mad at me because uh, they all put down Sweden, but I put down Wales. And everyone was like, no, come on. Uh, we, we all thought you were going to say Sweden, you were gonna, you will have you, that you want to play for Sweden. And I said, well, yeah, okay, but, but also Wales. <laughs> so, so, so now that James has me too, uh, I can put both, both of the names. <laughs> for sure. Um, I think if anything, they just wanted you to play with them. And they all agree to go to Sweden. I don't think they're so mad that you picked Wales. They just want you to be on whatever team that room voted for, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the yeah. fact is that, every, that everybody put down Sweden because they thought this was going to be the, the answer. Unanimous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so next question. Oh, this is actually interesting. From Oscar, I'm probably going to butcher this. Oscar Smirnoff. What is the I most difficult as well? I don't know if that's correct, but yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get butchered, I'm sure. What is the <laughs> most difficult part of arranging a European championship? So what was the difficulty in in, in handling Italy? Um sorry. Yeah. Um so many parts of it are difficult. Um for me personally, a difficult thing is always been uh, has always been delegating. Because when I do things, I want it to be done the way that I want to, the way that I that I know that I can do. So if somebody else has to uh, has to do it, I just want to make sure that it still gets done correctly. So uh, most of the times, I would say, well, no matter, no worries, I'll, I'll do it on my own, uh, even if I have no time, even if I have to sleep one hour or less. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm learning now to delegate a bit. Not too much, <laughs> but, yeah. but that, that that's one part. And then uh, it's another a difficult thing is uh, getting answer when you need them because you always gotta chase down people. Uh, and if you say please uh, give give me a feedback with, by Monday, and then you gotta wait for Tuesday and then Wednesday, ask <laughs> them again, and then say okay we'll do it on Thursday, and then Thursday say well I'll give you till Friday, but. Uh, that's gonna be the whole thing, and in general, I think uh, you. The, the thing is, you got, always gotta be ready for for the unexpected. Because even if even if even sorry, when everything seems in place, there's always something that can go wrong, something that can change, something that can happen. So the for the whole event, um, many people uh, said nice things when you were started in 2018, but I said, uh, just wait until it's over and then please give all the compliments you want <laughs> because something can still happen. So even even during the event when I was playing and doing so many other things, I was always thinking, okay, let, let's just make sure that everything is still working. So n- not get relaxed at any time. <laughs> That's fair. You always had to keep your eyes on the prize, so to speak. 
Yeah, exactly. Because you got to be prepared if something happens. Daniel Henshaw asks a very interesting question. I'm glad this one's the last. Should Scotland, England, Wales, and Northern Ireland be allowed to play as individual nations? Now, he says World Cup, but I think he means Worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the point. Yeah. Do you think do you think they should split up and, and play separately, or do you think they're better off together? Um, I don't know why he's I asking. Think, why is he asking you this? Like, you're not no, in the UK, I, that, are you? Exactly. That, that's what I thought as well. <laughs> I mean, I, why, why you got to have my feedback? It's, it's such a difficult topic, you know. Everyone's arguing about this within Great Britain, so why yeah. would you bring... Why would you bring along an Italian one, Daniel? Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. I, th- I think, because I think the, the point is um, not as much as should they go together or go one as as its own. Uh, it's, it's about the problem that uh, Great Britain is being represented as one, while. Uh, single nations like uh, Scotland, uh, Wales and Northern Ireland are playing separately and, and England, sorry, uh, are playing separately at Euros. So uh, I know that they feel that if they play at Euros as a nation and then especially if they earn places for, uh, for qualif- qualifications, uh, they would want to play with the same squad at, at Worlds as well. Yeah, but I I genuinely don't know. It's also tricky with with Great Britain. Uh, I genuinely don't know why this this decision has been made. Uh, well, I know that in general in the Olympics, for example, uh, there's Great Britain. There's not England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. Uh, yeah. But in other in other sports, they they are split up. Uh, in rugby, Ireland is just one with Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland together. So it's all a big mess. Uh, personally, I mean, seeing it from, from the outside, one would say, yeah, if, if you play in Euros as, as your own country, uh, then you would, you would uh, be in the right to, to claim a spot with uh, your own nation as well. But I, I don't want to say the opposite as well, because uh, I, I don't know the reason behind it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I know that you have an opinion about this one. So let, let's I mean, hear from you. <laughs> well, my opinion is this. Obviously, again, like you, I'm not in the UK. I don't know the nuances that dictate what teams get represented in this sport versus that sport. I would say just from an outsider's perspective, because let's face it, both of us are, um, I think it would be easier more cohesive if teams played separately because let's I, and again like you could sit here and say i know everything about everything i don't really i, I, would say <laughs> I, know, I, I could sit here and say i know a lot and that's been proven numerous times but i i can't say that i know everything there's some details i don't know um but i would say how many irish players go to england to train or how many England players go to Wales to train, or how many Scottish players go here to train? You know, how is that? How is that synergy being built? You know what I mean? Like, if you have a GB team and 
you know, maybe they can train in separate nations. And again, I don't know about the We're barely coming back this year. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if they can all train together and make it work logistically, then by all means, throw the whole continent. I don't care. You know, I want to see worlds happen. But if there's a little difficulty here and there for, for a talented, say, Irish player who may not be able to make it to England, Wales, or wherever to train with the GB squad, but they can make it to Worlds, I say, why not give him a chance? You know, if his talent is, you know, if, if his talent is there and he can meet all the other criterias, why not put him on? I think logistically, from a chemistry standpoint, I think it'd be better. But it's not my call to make, nor is it, nor does my opinion carry that kind of weight, if that makes sense. If, if, the, if the team GB has together, and I already see the rosters that they have, can gel, which I believe they can, I say keep it as GB. But if there's a, a, a way where that can work out, where let's say a Scottish team can have a foam team or a Sc- uh, Scotland can have a foam team, Ireland can have a foam team, Northern Ireland can have a foam team, I say why not, you know, make that happen at least once, maybe as a friendly, just to see, you know, can you generate that kind of interest where you can have players, have enough players from each country to, to fill those spots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe that's going to be something down the road. Maybe not. But from a Kenwood Street perspective, you know, let, let's say, for example, I could throw how many countries? There was, what, four he listed? Um, I could throw my opinion of the six players who can, you know, six best men, six best women, six best whatever. What if they don't gel? What if the chemistry isn't there? What if there's some hidden drama between player A and player B? And we would, you know, you can throw the best anything and not know if it gels. I think if you have players representing individual countries, yeah, you'll have into the, you'll run into the same kind of problem, but it'll be mitigated because a lot of them play against each other. A lot of them come from the same club, et cetera, et cetera. But if it works for them, I got nothing to complain about. Yeah, for sure it's going to be, it's gonna be fun to see how they, all those, all these players that usually play in different nations will play one one with the other. I've seen I've seen the the squads as well, and yeah, it's pretty interesting. There are some big names from all around. So let let's see let's see what happens. For sure. Um. So safe safe to say we've had a lot of fun chatting. And yeah. um, been lucky to have you. I've been trying to make this happen for a long time, and we might finally made it happen. But I want to ask you the legacy question. So, how would you like to be remembered after you, you know, step away the court from the court the final time? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> as I said, uh, I, I, my thing is really not being remembered as a great player or whatever uh it's 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 not what i what i what i really am in it for uh i just, i'd like to be remember as a nice guy uh, a nice guy who, who always did his best and was happy to to help people in any sort of way that that was possible and i don't know if if somebody even just one person would say that i have like uh 
transmit some values that I bring with me in my game or or some knowledge of the game, uh, I would be happy about that. And I don't know, just just uh, uh, yeah, so someone who gave even the the smallest contribution to to the development of dodgeball that i would be just happy with this one so uh just 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 this for sure um well i can sit here and say confidently you've done more than a small fraction of an impact (laughs) based on on the amount of people that have reached out to me after i announced that we were going to make this happening or we were going to make this happen People were overwhelmingly joy for you. They want your story to be cemented. They want your legacy to be cemented. They want to hear your story. They want to get to know you better. I wanted to get to know you better. And I can honestly say I have not been disappointed. Um, You're a major staple in the European community, but I would also like to think once people hear your story, you'll be a major staple in the world community. Um, You've been nothing but positive. You know, you've been one of my biggest supporters, which is weird for me to say. (laughs) But um, I would definitely say once, in my opinion, once your playing career, coaching career, whatever, you know, you choose to go into after that, once it's over, I think people would look at you in the same class as far as dodgeball is concerned as like Carlos Puyo or Francisco Totti or Andrea Perlo or, you know, Gianluigi Buffon, who I don't care what anyone says, best goalie of all time. Um, You're going to be remembered up there with, the classy greats of Italian, you know, of Italian culture. Like you really are. And anytime you put on that number five blue shirt, like that's someone else is going to want to wear that and pretend they're you growing up. And I, I could see that happening. I can see the, the growth of dodgeball in Italy and overall the acknowledgement, the awareness of your story, helping kickstart something that you may not see until the very end of it. And I look at your post here that you had for Euros, wondering, and it's a long post, but overall, you know, you acknowledge how much fun you've had, how much you've missed, and would you still be able to do it again? And again, it's a long post, anyone can look it up, but you're always welcome to be back. You're always, people are always happy to see you. Now, at some point, yeah, well, fitness diminish of course it will father time is undefeated but i think anytime you step into the international scene or the continental scene if we're talking euros people are always going to be happy to see you people are always going to be willing to trade kits with you um i would argue you and in uh aldred has a a rivalry as far as collection goes but uh, (laughs) overall i think you've done more than your fair share to accomplish the mission you've had to add You've made a big impact, not just on me personally, but to everyone that you know and people you don't know yet. And I consider, even though the season <laughs> season barely started as far as the podcast goes, uh, one of my biggest privileges is to cement your story at last. So as a, fr- as a friend, thank you. As a fan of the sport, as a fan of who you are, as a fan of dodgeball in general, keep, keep going, man. Keep going as long as you can and always know that even if you quit playing, even if you're just in the stands with everyone else, you're a legend in our eyes and always a welcome part and a staple and not just European dodgeball, but dodgeball as a whole.
Well, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I did not came prepared for this one. So, uh, <laughs> try, try, just trying to hold back my, my tears. <laughs> I, I'm an emotional guy, so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I heard. I'll try to save it for, for the sake of the podcast. But <laughs> um, it, um, thank you so much. I mean, it's it's really much appreciated. Uh, literally, like uh, you've you've said so many things. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if if any of it, it's it's uh, completely not not true. I mean, on your end, and I'm not saying you. So, I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, if, yeah. if 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 a smallest portion of it is 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 true in general, it's something that I've done. Uh, well, um, I'm happy just just for that. So so well, thank you, Sergio. It's been also it's been an honor being a guest of your podcast. For sure, man. For sure. So um, before we wrap this up, uh, do you have any final shout outs you'd like to give? I know you said there's a lot of people in uh, <laughs> in Dodgeball Federation, but you didn't technically name them. Uh, so you want to give them a shout out, let them know they're being heard? Uh, well, sure. Uh, I mean, everybody who, who's working for, for the sake of, of the Italian Dodgeball and within the association. So I would mention, obviously, uh, Lorenzo and Andrea and uh, Clem. Uh, and uh, Ale, uh, I mean, everyone, Daniele, Maria, Elena, um, but also every everyone in Italy who is doing his part, uh, even not within the association, but just being there. There are so many, they're doing so much, so much important job. And uh, the same thing applies to for everyone in Europe. Then obviously shouting out to, to Max Golda, the, the big kahuna uh, of dodgeball uh, for everything he he's done and he keeps on doing and all the others that are with us in the uh, EDF uh, council doing the work but also in congress uh, so everyone in every nation the, every every contribution is is important I, I've said I've dropped many names alongside this podcast I'm, uh, I'm sure I forgot someone Sure. Uh, but I, I don't want to drop any others. Everyone is included in, in this uh, final general thank you, thank you <laughs> to the the whole dodgeball community. It's it's something that it's great, and we are we are really lucky to be a part of it. So, shout out to all of you. I love you. All right, and that was my interview with Matteo. Matteo, thank you so much for hopping on and pretty much having fun with me. That, that was a really fun interview, and I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, next week, I'll have uh, <laughs> the pride of Northern Ireland in uh, Adam Hill. Uh, he put on a hell of a performance at Euros. And other than talking about Euros, we're going to talk about just the story that led him up to now. Uh, let's talk about his legacy. Let's find out who he is as a person. I had the pleasure of meeting him um, two months ago. And uh, I, I've been waiting to do this interview for the longest time since since meeting him. So if you listened up until this point, thanks so much and have a wonderful day.